We are live from Miami. I'm your host, Manoli Lagos, founder of The Living Fuel. And today we're talking finance and emerging technology. We've got some awesome leaders here. Thanks, guys, for being here. I want to start with Jonas, the CSO of Majority. They're doing some great things in the fintech space for migrants. Can't wait to hear more about that. Then we have Pete from Soma Global, the founder of a company that does software for first responders. And then we have Connor from Decentralized Labs, researching and at the cutting edge of AI tech and cybersecurity. Guys, I'll let you do a brief introduction of yourself. Thanks, Mario. Thank you for, for having me. It's great to be here. Yeah, so I actually, I've been working in various commercial and business development roles for the past 15 years in the tech and the telecom industry. And I moved to US from Sweden some five years ago to start up go-to-market operations for Majority. Majority is a digital banking, digital banking service and more for migrants in the US. So essentially, we offer a banking service, bank account, Visa card for migrants you can set up without the social security. And uh, in addition to the banking services, we have international services, such as international money transfers, um, uh, mobile top-ups, international pooling. And what we're doing is that instead of charging our customers in a traditional pay-as-go model with predatory fees, which is very common in our industry, mm -hmm. we package all of these services into a subscription and we let our customers uh, use all of these services uh, basically without, without fees. So yeah. that's what we do. So we work with all the big... Uh, communities diasporas in the US and what I do specifically is then handling our go-to-market strategy all our acquisition channels digital marketing uh, that dive sales partnerships grassroots marketing and also all the expansion of the footprint amazing and then, if I'm not mistaken it's a very affordable membership fee right exactly we pay $5.99 per month and then that gives access to all this international services less than a Netflix account less exactly. than Spotify <laughs> Exactly. And you get a whole lot more value, correct? Pete, how about you? Thanks. Thanks, Manoli, for having me. Um, my name is Peter Quinnis. Um, I'm the founder of uh, Soma Global. Actually, this week is seven years since I founded the company. And what we do is uh, cloud-native um, software for law enforcement and first responders. And think of it, we start uh, at the 911 call and end uh, through uh, booking in the jail and a release from jail. So we handle that whole life cycle for law enforcement and first responders. Uh, we have about 140 agencies across 11 uh, states in the U.S. And uh, we're based in Tampa, Florida. Amazing. Thanks for being here. Connor, how about you? Technology. Nice to be here. Hello, audience. Uh, I'm partner and president of a company called Decentralized Labs. We're a research and development shop focused on emerging technologies. Um, something that we've been working on for three or four years now is a really cool brain system um, to solve a problem that I think all of us here have had, some people in the audience. It's when you have an absolute superstar in your team who's been there for like four or five years, they've accumulated all this knowledge and about their process, the client, or how they interact internally. Then one day you get the email that this guy wants to leave or a woman wants to leave. You try and offer him a new job, you try and get him a new title, but he's out. So how do we capture all those processes and preserve the IP that he's built up over the five years. So that the next person that comes into the organization can just speak to him like he, like he's sitting right next to you. Or if the, the person's brain, we call it a, a only brains. He's out on the golf course playing golf that day. How can we communicate with him without him actually being present? Um, so it's a big problem that we're working on and, and happy to explore it. But yeah, that, I guess that's incredible. And I think that would take a whole lot of stress off employers, right? Peter? 
if you lost someone, you lost all that IP, but you could recover it with technology like that, it would be a game changer. Yeah, absolutely. When you have small, high-performing teams, you any loss is a big loss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jonas, I want to ask you a question about diversity. The majority is all about it, right? Yeah. You serve one of the most diverse populations in terms of your clientele. How do you guys replicate that internally, and how does that help you be a little bit more nimble when you're serving such a diverse group of people? Yeah, it's a good question. So diversity in the workforce is everything for us. Actually, if you go back to when we founded Majority, we set out to go to be the best company in the world for migrants. And for to do that, you need two things. You need the best people in the world, and you need migrants. And from Sweden, where I'm from, we have 10 million people. Wow. So we actually have to look beyond that to find the best people. So. We've always been recruiting uh, internationally, and today we have around 100 employees from over 20 different nationalities, wow. which has been and is completely crucial then for understanding the basic need of all migrants, but also the differences between and nuances between the different dashboards that we're serving. So it has been crucial. And beyond that, our, our fixed employees, our, our fixed employees, we also have a workforce of over 200 uh, independent contractors from the same communities that we serve. So basically, I'm going to maybe come into it more later, but uh, we have a, a direct sales force uh, where we also uh, communicate and sell the product. So basically, as a customer, you then get um, sales advisors from the same country that you're written for. Wow. So we're really taking that diversity all the way through the company. Yeah, it's like a bottom-up approach. You're taking a piece of that audience and bringing it in and then changing what you do based on that. Yes. Incredible. Pete, I want to ask you, you know, uh, tech companies are fast-growing. They're fast-paced. can be pretty stressful. I'm sure they take an impact on you, your employees' mental health. How do you build resilient teams? I know we've worked together on a wellness front for years, and I've come in and helped you guys manage the health of your employees. What is it that you do? Maybe what's your secret sauce in building really resilient teams in this fast-growing world of tech companies? Yeah, so it's a great question. And it starts, I think, with culture, like a healthy, um, high-performing, mission-driven culture. And uh, the way I describe this, I'll take the culture side uh, first, but um, where a lot of businesses focus on the customer, if you focus on the culture and the employee first, a happy, healthy culture generates really good products and services. And those really good products and services end up being a benefit to the customer. So if you focus on the one side, on the other side, the customers are going to benefit. And the other side of that being mission-driven, and it, I'm not talking about the company mission, like that. that's the long, the longer-term play in it. Like, you know, we want to win the war, but it first starts with taking the hill. So, so taking your team and chunking it into bite-sized missions where everybody can rally around and you're all supporting each other. And in that mission, it has to be, like I said, bite-sized, well-defined. Um, you not only need a clear objective, but a clear benefit for the people that are helping in that mission. And I do this a lot. I, I, I you know, you always ask of employees, but I always make a point of, I'm asking this of you. What do you want out of, of me? What do you want out of the company? You know, if we're developing a piece of AI technology in the next quarter or two, um, everybody's going to be heads down developing that. But the developers, that might be their first blush at um, building that technology. So they're going to come out with that, that, that with that experience. That's like gold on their resume and in, uh, in their career. So th those two things are really important. And supporting them 
through that mission. And there's two ways you support them. One, I think it's important as a leader to be on the front line with them, fighting the battle, um, uh, doing writing the code, supporting the customer right alongside them, because they need to see that. And they need um, uh, they, 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 they rally around that often. And the other thing, too, is just supporting them with tools and services. And this is where you like you started with this. You came into play. What we do at Soma, it's so mission critical. If our software dies, people can die. So it, it's stressful. It stressed me out when I first started. And I used uh, health and wellness tools to, to manage that stress. All the doctor you did on a, on a personal level. Yeah. Well, right? yeah. I mean, from mindfulness to uh, extended fast to, um, you know, starting and practicing jujitsu, which I thought was a benefit, like holistically, physically, yeah. but also mentally. Yeah. How, how, how did that stuff help you? What were you dealing with? Oh, well, so, you know, when you start a company, you know, it, being a startup founder, you're always worried about making sure that the people you hire get their next paycheck because yeah. they have families to support. Um, I didn't even realize this when I started Soma, but once we went live with our first company and I'd wake up in the middle of the night are my servers running because my servers running, they're not uh, sending people out to the scene of somebody that's just been shot or so kids that like a child that's drowning and that can get stressful. So I wasn't sleeping. Yeah. And that had a downstream effect on the health of, across the board. Yeah. So like I put these tools into place and then later on, it was maybe a couple months later when we were talking about it, uh, that's where you came in and coaching for the company because you helped the rest of the team with those same tools mm -hmm. that I felt uh, worked for me. Yeah. When I came in too, just to add to what I think you've done so well is, Instead of a culture built around just work and then life separately, you kind of blended the two and made everyone feel like family. Yeah. And I know you had the happy hours every Friday, like all these calls, I think, made you guys a really kind of tight unit from the beginning. And then as you grew, you kind of kept that. I think that was one of the kind of pieces of pieces yeah. that set you guys apart and allowed you to thrive as you grew really quickly. Yeah. It's, it's also self-selecting, too, because of the nature of our mission in serving law enforcement. It attracted a certain type of employee that that rallied around that, that mission. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned AI. I know it's a hot topic that we've spoken a lot about today. I'm curious, are you guys implementing it in your personal life? Is it a part of your business? And how is it shaping what you guys do? Anyone think it's that bad? I mean, we are... <coughs> We pride ourselves on having the best team um, with the most experience in certain sectors across AI, blockchain, and cybersecurity. Um, we've got a we we pride ourselves in our research. Um, so we've got a team just purely focused, um, a few PhDs in there, purely focused of, on innovating, um, finding a problem themselves, and check, seeing if we can use it internally or solve that problem internally, implement it into our system, and then if it works for us, then we can see if we can uh, use it to any customers that come onto us. So. We're great because we have a, a, a really inquisitive team behind us, um, but it's also, we're on the front lines. Uh, we serve companies, everyone from pre-seed to seed startups all the way to large enterprise um, with a constant stream of inbound calls with all different problems, with all different use cases for the, the technology itself. But we're able to take that information in, put it to our, um, our development lab and come up with some cool solutions. So I think that we're not only using it for ourselves internally, but we're on the front line and we can see a lot of these problems and conversations and issues coming in that, that we can adapt. And I think that's why we offer such a great service, um, particularly on our, on our development and research side. It's a huge advantage to you to have all these people coming to you saying, hey, I have a problem, yeah. help me fix this. And then you build something out based on that. You're just getting feedback every day. The constant feedback loop, even if it's 
uh, a CTO or, or a business development guy just wanting to have a chat and feel out where the market is. Um, that's, that's information, that's data for us that we yeah. can use. Yeah. Um, other than when actually we are like an actual client who needs to, us to build something for them. Yeah, anybody else? Yeah, we're implementing AI widely in the company and so far it's been a lot of like efficiencies, right? So we're using, for instance, tools for AI generated tools for uh, the developers, uh, image creators for you know, product marketing mm -hmm. efforts. We're using it, AI powered chatbots in customer service. We're also analyzing with AI all our customer service calls. Um, what we do more, we also do a lot of analysis work. So we do a lot of like exit churn interviews and good user interviews and we're now before we have to listen to all these calls and you know write everything down and make our analysis. Now we're putting it into AI to get you know direct feedback mm -hmm. on what our customers want and what they need. And I think next step for us is then we had a little bit of chat about it before, like how can we actually take this this information and this data and then put it back into our building models online, our mm -hmm. acquisition models to be able to drive high quality users. And then I think in general, other things for fintechs and for us going forward that I'm excited about is Maybe the less sexy stuff, but like fraud prevention, use mm -hmm. uh, fraud prevention, um, and also like risk mitigation. It's also wow. huge for, for fintech. So that sounds like in a lot of different ways that you can implement it. Yeah, and also in our company, we have decided that everyone on all levels of the company also using AI and like using the paid subscriptions, and we're paying for it for the employees because we are we want everyone to sort of get into it and work with it. So yeah, wide implementation. Yes. Sounds like it's making a big impact. Pete, how about you? I'll, I'll talk about this from two sides. One from the side of Soma. It's like you always focus on, well, the, the industry's focused historically, especially since 9-11, on structured data and structured data sharing around criminal mm -hmm. history and such um, and trends and crime patterns. And a lot of the really good nuggets, I think, fall in the unstructured data in police reports and the narratives that they write. Um, and there are things that you can extract out of that that doesn't fit into a clean structured box. I mean, like ongoing um, uh, ongoing responses to a certain um, uh, location where there might be an offender, where through the narrative, you can extract that he might have mental health issues. I know this was a topic um, earlier and, and, and might be later on, but uh, it, it's really good. Largely, Gen AI and largely those models are really good at taking that unstructured data and making sense of it. Um, and I think there's a lot of opportunity there for, when it comes to policing and using that data. And then just on a, on a day-to-day -day basis, I if you look at my ChatGPT log, I probably have you know anywhere from 30 to 40 per day that I'm talking. I'm just constantly talking to the uh, AI in a way that I, I use it is is I almost take all my notes in it because you know when you're thinking about it and you're kind of cultivating ideas amongst coworkers or even you know. In, you know, uh, uh, amongst other friends with ideas that you're, you're, you're sharing these ideas to get feedback, to get more information, to get some context around those ideas. So putting notes in the chat GPT has helped me a ton because it will add a bunch of context, add more information around the notes. It'll have that conversation to me if I don't have other, you know, my co-founder present or other, or other uh, members of my management team or even outside with my friends and family around ideas that I'm having. Wow. You guys are all early adopters, it sounds like, and I learned from each of you all the time about the different use cases for these technologies. I'm curious, are there, you spoke trends, P, are there any trends that outside of AI that you guys are thinking about a lot? Are they potentially going to impact your business? I know crypto's up and down, and we talked about it earlier. We think it's going to have a great year um, from some of the people that we've interviewed. 
Are there any other trends? Is there anything specifically that you guys are keeping an eye on? And how might it impact your business? Yeah, like actually, we just had a conversation outside in front of talking about his business. And I think it's it's related, right? But it's, we talked about some of the blockchain products that they have. And they have one blockchain product. Maybe I'm going to butcher this now, Connor. So to, <laughs> but it's basically an, a KYC or an identification tool on the blockchain. Yeah. If you go and look at a use case that we have, so when you, you one challenge when you migrate to the US is you come here, you don't have any credit scores. You have mm -hmm. to start from scratch. But it's not uncommon that you actually have some kind of assets back home, if it's a house or some kind of credit history. So what we would be able to, to build on Gomponer's tool, it seems like, would be like, okay, so you actually can fetch all of that information onto the blockchain of this product. We could integrate it into our service. And then in our KYC process and onboarding here in the US, we can actually then see that, okay, there is a global credit score here if mm. you want if you like and we can then offer a credit line or mortgage or something like yeah. that for this customer so that was just something that came up to yeah. actually i think it also um just to add on to that uh when you're using a distributed ledger say you do verify um a, a bank statement of that user or an employment or an income or something like that you can verify that on the actual the ledger so the next person who goes to review that customer and see that, oh, we've been verified on these certain uh, uh, subsets of this identity. So then they don't have to go through that whole process again because Bank of America already proved it on this mm -hmm. three days ago. Um, I think what we're all talking about here is how technology, um, when you don't have your, your marketing team next to you to, to bounce questions off or, or you have thought with your um, your friends at home and you, have, you want to talk to your chat GPT instead of, you know, because they're, they're busy. I think all these technologies are bringing everyone closer. Um, from wherever they are to make the process more efficient. Um, something I'm really looking forward to is, and I think that we've seen a different kind of adoption curve in the blockchain space uh, compared to the AI space. I think that a lot of our hesitations in the blockchain space is kind of, we're at ground zero again, so we can build up something that's going to be more valuable. Um, that's a, a great example of it. But seeing how these two technologies can interact with each other, who can develop a, a Something that off the top of our head is we're all going to have, I think it's been mentioned a couple of times today, is everyone's going to have their own agent. How do you verify that agent is your agent or a legitimate agent? Mm. How do we use AI to and, and blockchain to help remove the, the concept of deep fakes or cybersecurity? Um, so it's, I feel like we're in a really cool time where we have two separate like bohemians of technology that are just, just rising up and eventually we're going to have the point where they intersect and that, that the entrepreneurs are going to get to action and figure out how they can all work together. But I think that's something that I'm really excited about, finding, finding where that equilibrium is um, over the next kind of year or year and a half. Sounds like it's going to take some adoption, but as yeah. that happens, things are going to come together and technologies will essentially unite in many ways. And it seems like things that both of you are working on have a lot of synergy. Mm. So I wanted to switch back to the majority. You guys are doing so many things. You target, you're an expert at targeting these very diverse groups of people. How do you do that, right? And how do you create a centralized strategy when you're targeting groups of people that have very different cultures, very different morals, and geographically aren't in the same place? Yeah, that's a great question. So essentially that is what we're doing and that we're experts in. It's not only easy, but it's, like, let me take some examples, actually. We work with that, you know, individual, not individual, but the different dashboards we serve. They all have different traits. So we, let's take from a customer journey perspective. Every, from the get-go when we're meeting the customer, obviously, if we acquire a customer online, 
that's not that unique. Of course, we're we're targeting a specific diaspora. We're using, uh, of course, uh, marketing assets that is tailored towards your, your country. But we also have again the physical sales channel, and you know we do a lot of grassroots marketing. So the first thing that you, uh, as a customer, meet then in the physical world is again an advisor from your home country. Mm. So that's the first thing. And then we have the onboarding process, and it comes to something that is extremely important for us, and that is the KYC process, right? Uh, doing what we're doing, we need to be best in the world of KYC process for migrants. What is required in the US to sign up a bank account is you need an international ID of some kind, government-issued ID, and you need an address that you can confirm that it's your address. So here we're doing then a lot of remote solutions for the different diasporas. So if you take first the identification part, something that a normal person might not know is that if you take Mexicans, for example, they can get a particular ID when they come to the consulate in the US. Then we need to work with the regulators and the tech to make sure that we can accept those IDs. Venezuela, for those of us who know, they have a shortage of plastic. So if you if you want to have a new passport in Venezuela right now, you can't get a passport. You get a, a temporary ID. So then we need to stay on top of that and make sure we do that. So that's the identification part. And then you have the address, whereas our customers, they provide an address, but then we're using tech and basically looking at merchant data, then we can confirm that, okay, if you, if you add this address and claim that this is your address, and we see that you have used your card uh, on merchants close to that, that is enough to confirm that that is your address. And then we're using AI basically to, uh, to scan your ID, and you're using AI to also scan your identification. So that's the KYC process. And then you come to further in the onboarding, Based on your usage, we can then recognize what country you're from, and you're going to get a tailor-made experience based on that. And then last but not least, and the most obvious thing is then, of course, our international services. So we then have, if you're Colombian, we're offering you money transfers to Colombia, international calling to Colombia, card discounts in Colombian stores in the U.S., and the same for Venezuelans and for uh, all the other companies have to so, so super customized. It goes through everything we do, localization, yeah. and customization. And speaking of grassroots, I've been to your events, and you guys gamify banking. You make it fun. I don't know how you do it, but it, you play games, you get people involved, and you actually go to the events where these different ethnic populations thrive, yeah. and you guys make it really fun and very approachable for yeah. you know for what banking actually is. Yes. Pete, I wanted to ask you a question tacking back on to mental health. And how do you feel that you can impact societal trends as someone running a company and in terms of the statements that you make and how you take care of your employees? Well, I, there's a just a personal interest in the intersection of technology and health and wellness and how it, it, uh, it helps employees and even personally um, perform at optimum levels, and I'm like constantly looking at that. Like from the uh, the different apps that are available, from uh, um, you know using meditation apps. I just started this this year doing a structured um, daily uh, journal that then takes the intersection of your mood, your activities during the day, sleep, supplements that you're taking the day, cool. workout that you're doing, and digital. digital. Yeah. Wow. And it gives you trends on if you're doing this, you're more likely to do that so that you can press the pedal down on that, let off on other things. And it's just a, 
it may, maybe an obsession that I have, but then I take that and I share it through with uh, employees and others that I work with. Um, and then as it relates to SOMA from a mental health standpoint, I've already talked a little bit about the, uh, about the uh, tools that we give our employees and we support our employees with, but I think that there's an opportunity to extend that out into the high stress jobs of the officers and the first responders that we serve. Um, we don't have an offering yet, but uh, certainly have a lot of ideas in that direction. Yeah. I mean, you've, you've even gone as far as giving your employees aura rings, right? So yeah. they can be on top of health yeah. and wellness data. Yeah. Exactly. Like, like that's an example of the tools that I've used that I've found personally successful extend out into the company and with my employees. Yeah. I think that's really cool, um, just particularly with this AI trend, is that each of us individually, if you're or, or even an organization, we're much more aware of data. Um, it could be your your health data, analyzing, you know, the... I don't know if you use a whoop or or how how your exercise or the ordering how something affects something else and do we have a result and that's the same as internally right now as we're looking at data monetized modernization of our systems and adding AI into it what data can we put in there to find the result we're looking for and I think even though it's happening at the top in these these corporations looking for AI I think as individuals we're much more receptive of the data that we're producing the data that we're intaking rather than you know, making a, you know, a, a, a throwing a data target to find a result. The other thing, too, I was alluding to earlier, um, historically, a lot of the AI or, or the machine learning was around structured data. Now with Gen AI, there's a large language model, so there's an opportunity to take the unstructured data um, and turn that into nuggets that are usable in, in uh, optimizing performance, for example, or detecting mental uh, uh, mental. Um, health issues, for example, um, that wouldn't have normally surfaced because that wasn't a structured data element in the data that you're collecting, for example. Yeah. Pete, do you feel like a lot of other companies that are as quickly growing as SOMA are doing things like that? Or do you feel like you guys were a little bit of an anomaly in the way that prioritized health and wellness of your employees? I, I, I feel like um, a bit of an anomaly. Every time I tell um, friends, other co-founders about the programs that we were running. They're like, wow, that's great. Um, and then always ask me a lot of details and about the benefits and the results as well as the tools that we're using. Mm. Very interesting. Yeah. You guys are definitely at the forefront. Connor, I wanted to ask you, you mentioned AI and we've talked about it a lot today. It's a rapidly changing regulatory space. There's mm. so much growing. How do you guys stay on top of that and how do you implement that into what you're doing for your clients? Yeah, of course. I think that it's it's super important to be transparent um, at the very front foot. Let them know what the risks they are, a particular LLM they want to use or a particular uh, data security offering that they want to use. And making sure that we have access to the right network of, of um, uh, experts in that, in that area. So if a customer comes on to us, um, we can allocate the right talent there to... A, make sure that they're on top of everything they're thinking about in, in uh, putting into their organization, but B, getting that planning and expectations right from the very front end, okay? This is what you want to do. This is our process for doing it. Let's make sure we understand, like, deep into your organization and, and what actually are the problem that you're trying to solve here. And everyone is extremely inquisitive about this. It's a great technology that everyone can. Everyone just thinks that you can, uh, oh, AI can fix this, AI can do that. So... They have all these questions and they're, they're more eager to learn. I think where we, as a, to retrace it back to blockchain, there was such a bad um, uh, uh, 
signal in the air that people weren't asking the right questions and they weren't looking to get as involved to the couldn't relate it to everyday life. Um, so I think it, all in all, it's it, it's a really good environment because everyone's asking and, and we can help them learn mm -hmm. rather than shoving a product down their, their, their throat and, and um, you know, setting them on their way. Yeah, we're at the point in the adoption curve where people are aware. Maybe yeah. they just don't have the tool set on yeah. how to use the technology. Yeah, exactly. Um, I wanted to hear from you all. You guys are on the cutting edge of tech, right? You guys are building things, you're part of companies that are fast growing. Are there any trends or is there any projects that you all are working on that are really exciting that you can share? Anything that 2024 might have in store for us? I think a lot of what we're we're looking at at Soma in 2024 is how we use um, uh, AI to, to, to further our services to provide more value to our, our first responders and officers. And that's everything from you know, better understanding of crime analysis and 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 trends in crime to uh, uh, you know officer and first responder wellness um, and uh, those things will have you know large returns in the space uh, if we get them right. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, from from our end, what we really are doing is yeah, we have a full packed uh, uh, you know roadmap of things we're building and we're just trying to solve the problems, right? And looking at it from the migrant journey perspective. So if you think about it, you come to the US and what we're providing right now is the best in class product for newcomers who just arrived. You get your basics need, right? You get a bank account, the Visa card, you can send money back home, you can call back home. What is next on the journey? The next on the journey is maybe to build a credit score. So you need a credit product, uh, legal services, insurances. And we are really like, transitioning from only being a fintech and a financial service with international services to be more of a platform thinking where we, again, we have the banking services and we're constantly building out that. We have the international services, but then also adding a marketplace mm. of both domestic and international services that we are then adding to the product suite. So that is a little bit from a product perspective, but then again, going back to AI, right? We're constantly, yeah, it's, it's going to be exciting to do all these things also with you know, with AI involved and just doing more efficient, learn faster and more, be more efficient in doing it basically. It's great. Do you have multiple partners in the AI space? Is it one company you're working with or is it a little bit spread out at the moment? A little bit spread out and a lot of reasons. Yeah, that's where Connor's team comes exactly. in. Yeah, I think that's across the industry. Everyone is playing with different tools, um, have their own separate workflows and different teams using a different subset of those tools. I think what we're going to see next is where can we put a couple of these tools together to give a, a more of an enterprise package? I think we're, we've got some plans in that for, for the majority as well, but um, that's the next step of the user experience that, that's going to be coming in. You mentioned the risks too of like actual lives being on the line when you're implementing these, when your servers go down as you're implementing new things. Have you seen implementation backfire and how do you kind of shift as you grow? With uh, implementation with our with AI in particular, or just in general, like both. Oh well, so you know the approach to like we've been doing um, uh, machine learning and AI back for years now, and we're just getting into the Gen AI. And there's a, there's a little bit of a hesitation of trust. Number one, there's the problems that we were talking about earlier as far as hallucinations are concerned. But you know, it our approach at Soma at least is to um, not. Put it, it, you know, as a decision-making tool or an automated decision-making tool, but more of an information aug aug augmentation tool, and giving them more data. And then your your 
you're telling them to trust but verify that data. I think that was mentioned in a prior panel too, something along those lines. Yeah, rather than making a decision, it's it's a helper. Yeah, at least right now, until it gets better at the blue station. Yeah, yeah. it'll get better. Yeah. <laughs> well, I appreciate you guys being here. This has been a really good panel. Amazing leaders in the space. Thank you for coming and being a part of this. Here we have it at Idea Gen, featured by the Living Fuel.